This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and I'm so excited to have you listening part into part of the series called the Alignment Alchemy series. Today, I'm so excited because I have my life partner, Guillaume, who's joining me in this conversation. And I'm, I'm just so looking forward to sharing the wisdom that's going to come through because we have been talking about doing an episode together for a long time. And obviously, I'm like, hitting over three and a half years of this channel and I haven't had him on yet and I'm excited to have him on to talk about human design which is so crazy like if you'd asked me this years ago I never thought this would happen so you're going to get so much out of this episode we're going to talk about our relationship we're going to talk about work we're going to talk about how human design has made such a difference for us and even just Guillaume witnessing me and my entrepreneurial journey and like advice to give from that so we're going to dive into lots of good things so anyways Guillaume Welcome to the podcast channel. I'm thrilled to have you here. And I would love if you can just give a little introduction about yourself and then we're going to dive into our story together. Thank you. Well, it's an honor to be here. This is my first podcast ever. And uh, I'm very happy to uh, have been invited on the, on your channel. Um, a quick story about myself. I'm from originally from Quebec and I moved to Victoria about 10 years ago already. And this is where we met at the University of Victoria. And then we've moved around, whether it's Toronto or Singapore or Shanghai, and finally relocated to Vancouver and Victoria. And now here we are 10 years later. Um, and then as far as myself, I'm definitely very busy with my career in uh, the investment management industry. And outside of work, I love just sports and working out and being healthy and doing a lot of activities. I try to be as active as possible and looking after my health and having fun in life. And uh, that's a, that's a summary of uh, who I am. Can you share what your human design is? And I'm a 6'3 splenic projector. Yes, so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I It's been the most fun teaching Guillaume about human design and we'll go down that rabbit hole in a little bit. But can you share more specifically, Guillaume? Because I, I think I have, I've shared the story, but it's just different with, you know, talking about it with you, but I want to talk about how we met. And so I want you to share that, but I'll just say that we met back in the winter of 2012 in Victoria while we were in university. So I want to hear your perspective on how we met. Yeah. So I, I started university quite a bit later than usual. I was 22 at the time. So I was in a headspace that was a bit more mature, I would say, than, you know, when I was 18. And uh, at the time, I was very focused on two things, uh, working out. So I was going to the gym a couple of times a day. And also I was going to the library. And my hope was to meet a girl that was either, you know, super fit or super smart. So whether in the gym or at the library. And it turned out that actually you're both. And uh, you also hit the gym really hard. But we also, we used to go to the library together. So yeah this is the story and uh, and then we we did meet in the gym um but yeah we we did both together and uh, and then one thing led to another and here we are 10 years later yeah can we please talk about how the so the first time so most of the people know i'm half french and i'm half portuguese and so my last name is guimont is french i don't write guimont anywhere so i'm kayla g everywhere because literally everyone will butcher my last name and i just don't want to deal with it because my first name is already weird <laughs> so Guillaume, can you just talk about a little more specifically how what actually happened like the first time we had an interaction because I feel like this was just so embarrassing and then it's just funny how things kind of flourished from there. And that was actually funny. So one of your friends told me that you were French and uh, you were working at the gym in the gym at the time and then I I was going, I was on my way to the gym and I walked around the corner. And then as I showed up to the front desk, I just addressed you, started speaking to you in French. And then you, you replied with this, you know, broken French with your Anglophone accent. Uh, and then that's how I realized that 
oh I was like oh no you're not French <laughs> yeah you're definitely you're you've been to French immersion or you know but you're definitely anglophone so anyway it was it was just funny because I was I was so happy to have finally met you know I was like oh my god someone's from Quebec from here and uh, you know your, your dad is French so you do have your French is really good but that was quite funny at the time I think you did blush because I think I caught you off guard oh well, yeah I came up to you with this super strong French accent from Quebec <laughs> yeah and actually I totally forgot about this but this is a little bit of a manifestation story so the friend that I'm talking about Haley she she was already working at the gym and then I got a job working in the gym and then Guillaume was working at the front desk so we would just see each other in passing for like a few months before we actually talked but I me and Haley used to joke you know, we'd like see, you know, good looking guys in the gym, but like, oh, that's her gym boyfriend. And so literally for months, I was saying that Guillaume was my gym boyfriend. So she was like, she'd be at work and then she'd text me like, oh, your gym boyfriend's here. And so I had literally manifested Guillaume to be my boyfriend. And I'm pretty sure I told you this, but I just thought that was so funny because I was like, oh yeah, my gym boyfriend. And then we ended up connecting and then talking. And then obviously we started dating and, uh, you know, we, we lived in Victoria. So we moved in together in 2014. And then in 2015, we graduated that summer and I moved to China and then Guillaume moved to Toronto. But before that, he'd mentioned Singapore. And in 2014, he did an exchange there. Can you actually, do you want to talk a little bit about that? I think it's just so cool that you did that. And I think that that's a really, that's a really cool thing to share with people. You know, maybe they're in university listening to this and they're thinking about doing an exchange. Yeah, I would highly recommend. I mean, that has literally changed my life in many ways. That's how I found my passion about the investment man management industry specifically. And that's where I realized what I wanted to do uh, later, which is uh, manage, manage money. And uh, also this is why I met people all around the world. And even to this day, it's already been, uh, you know, seven or eight years. And I still talk about, you know, that time or that exchange, which was only, you know, four or five months, whether it was through interviews or just to randomly by passage, when I just share an experience, oh, when I was in Singapore, you know, we did this and that. So it's really it, it was super impact, impactful and uh, don't un underestimate how much uh, the what you'll learn over there and the experience you'll gain over there will carry over to your career and through conversations and obviously being in a foreign country you know with the different style of, of schooling and different uh, ways of obviously uh, the students to compete and and different environment I guess it, I thought it was quite different compared to something like Canada uh, as far as it relates to school and and uh, the curriculum and how demanding it was so it definitely raised the bar as uh, as far as you know my capability of being a student in a very competitive environment as well so that helped me a ton. Yeah. And one of the things I love too, while Guillaume was away, so it was from December, 2014 until the spring of 2015, right before we graduated. And I went and I visited him. And so that was really cool. And that was our first bout of long distance as well. And then we also, so in the summer of 2015, I went and I moved to China because I finished my teaching degree and I moved to China and then Guillaume moved to Toronto. So let's just talk about this a little bit because obviously Guillaume and I have been in a relationship for almost it'll be 10 years in December which is crazy but I want to share with people you know I guess we're kind of getting into this rabbit hole of our relationship what do you think is the most powerful thing that you learned from us doing long distance because we definitely that four months was a lot but then when I was in China we went four months without seeing each other we saw each other for a week and then we went six months without seeing each other. So I feel like this could be actually just a valuable tidbit to kind of dive into. Like, what do you think is the most important thing or first thing that comes to mind that you want to share, like give advice on in terms of being in a long distance relationship when you're like literally evolving together in a relationship and in life? Yeah, I thought it was quite challenging. I'm not the best at maintaining long-term relationships. And I would say the biggest thing is maintaining, and the most important thing is to maintain the communication. Um, I think the, mo the, the thing that I'm very proud of is that we were able to live our experiences w while still being together. Meaning like you were able to teach in China for a year and I was able to study in Singapore for a few months and we were still able to live those experiences. We allowed each other to live those experiences. And you might go to Bali next year for a month and 
you know, we still allow ourselves to live those experiences. I think this is the most important above everything else. And then obviously when true love is there, like you will just maintain the communication and actually you'll be happier to get to be with that person when, when the time, when you're, the, the, the time is going to be right. Or, I mean, the, you know, the, the experience is going to be over. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just, it's showing you, you know, your love and for that person and how much you miss that person. And then when you, re, re, when you, um, you're united again, then you just appreciate the moments a lot more. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you just said. And I mean, it sounds. It's healthy like, as well. I think it's very healthy. Totally. Oh no, for sure. I think, you know, it's, it sounds like great wisdom, but I'm telling you, it was like not easy. Like that's not, it's way easier to talk about it now than to say, oh yeah, this is how it's going to be. I think one of the other things that was really important too, is, you know, we've obviously emphasized the importance of being able to evolve with your partner. But I think the other thing too, is having these end goals, like these end things in place. Cause it was like, okay, June 30th, 2016, I'm moving to Toronto. So it's like, there's an end date to the long distance. And I think that that really helps, but you're right. Like communication is so huge. The way that you just keep in touch. And even when things are difficult, like just talking through it, I think that's, that's really been a golden bit that's allowed us to be in such a long term relationship and make it through like, you know, a year and a half off and on of long distance of like massive time zones change. Like we're talking 12 to 15 hours difference too, which is a lot. So I really love that we are able to share that. And so when we were in Toronto, I started personal training, which I've shared before. And then we moved to Vancouver and then obviously we're in Victoria now, but now, you know, I started my coaching business in 2019. And so I think that I'm curious, Guillaume, if you can share a bit of obviously I got really deep into personal development and this has been something that's like come forth. And then obviously we're going to dive into human design, but I'm curious if you can just share, you know, what your experience has been like having me, I feel like I've been all over the place in the last couple of years where Guillaume has just been this freaking train, like very linearly excelling in his career path. And I've been all over the map. And so I'm curious if you can share what your experience has been evolving with me being an entrepreneur. Yeah, definitely. I mean, witnessing the ups and downs have, have been extremely eye-opening to me. Uh, I have nothing but the utmost respect for entrepreneurs. And when I see entrepreneurs making it super big and I witness how, the, how low are the lows, I have nothing but uh, a lot of respect and admiration for people who are able to go through those ups and downs and then you know, down the road, you know, become extremely successful or however they define success for them. Uh, that, that was the, the biggest thing is that you're definitely reaping all the rewards that, you know, you deserve through, through the challenges that you face as an entrepreneur and yeah. emotionally. And as a partner, obviously, I think I grew a lot through that. I don't think it was, I was the most supportive at first. I don't think I was, I don't think I was emotionally available or capable to like witness that much volatility in someone's finances and also character and just overall emotional roller coaster i think it was very hard to just be there and be a rock for for, for you like that and just kind of be there and supportive but i think with time and faith and in faith in you and faith that you know you're doing the right thing and you you're you're mastering your craft and you're growing through your challenges. I think now it's getting a lot better and better, but it, it's still not easy. I mean, you're still fluctuating tremendously. So it, it's a constant, it's a constant um, challenge and, and uh, yeah, it's a constant challenge in order to, 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 uh, you know, to be a rock here and try to be as stable as possible while someone is kind of living those, those highs and lows. Yeah. But it, it is the world of entrepreneurship. It is the reality. And that's what it showed me it really showed me what entrepreneurship is all about. And it's not a straight line. If you're on a straight line, go in the corporate world. That's, 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 that was the biggest realization. 
Yeah. And just to kind of dabble into the human design aspect now, just so that, you know, we said that Guillaume's a six degree splenic projector. He has his root and his spleen defined and his head and Ajna defined. And the rest is either undefined or open. And then for me, I have my G center and sacral defined and that's it. So it's funny how you're talking about this challenge of being a, like an emotionally available or like a rock for me, because your emotional solar plexus is completely open. So for you, when I'm, you know, experiencing massive conflict and turbulence, you're just going to amplify that. So it's super overwhelming, right? But I think that once once I really got into human design and then I introduced Guillaume to human design, like this is really what allowed us to support each other and like recognize and respect our differences in terms of how we operate because it's, you know, I can see how he thrives as a splenic projector and he can really, really honor how I need to operate as a sacral generator. So let's dive into this a little bit more. And I want to hear Guillaume, when I first told you about your human design, which is probably last spring in 2021, what was it like for you when you found out that you were a projector? And like, I just want to hear this, the learning and, and the things that you realize as I continue to teach you about this. Yes, the thing that I appreciate the most about learning about human design is how it explained the way I was living, the way I was behaving, and the way I was thinking. And instead of making it mean either wrong or questioning it or doubting it, now this just explained it. So it's it was easier to accept in a way who I am or how I'm designed to do certain things or how I'm designed to think. And then from there, I can obviously trying to get better and and take a step back and be trying to be more objective of okay how like being aware of that my design is that way so I think it really up level my awareness of who I am as a person and I love that mm-hmm. considering yeah. your undefined g-center which we will definitely talk about <laughs> yeah Let's talk about first, like how, so I'm a sacral generator. I use my sacral to make decisions. Like for me, it's like, I I wait to respond to things in my environment. It's a fuck yes or a fuck no. And it doesn't make logical sense to some people, the way that I make decisions, especially this is one of the things where Guillaume and I have like conflicted because it's like, he has a defined head and ajna. He's so good at processes. He's outer vision. So he can see things, you know, outside, like very clearly. And then I'm just someone like literally following my gut, which is like the breadcrumbs are thrown right in front of me right so can you talk a little bit more about what it's like for you Guillaume to follow your splenic authority and just I feel like yours is so strong especially the way you value health and fitness and so we can just kind of dive into that and I would love for you to just share your experience with that yeah but so before talking about the um, the splenic authority I just want to touch on what you mentioned about the the fact that we take we make decisions definitely right so yeah obviously you're going to uh, you're going to focus on, you know, your, your sacral and like, if it's a fuck yes or a fuck no for you. And one of the things that I get, I have, a, I'm, I'm trying to get better at is not being stuck in my head and Ajna. And as you mentioned, like, because if you take the financial uh, aspect of things, like I'm all about budgeting and, and saving on a biweekly on a steady schedule, and then you save and you make X amount and I'm, it's all, it's all methodical and linear. And you don't operate that way. And I feel if I look at the challenges that we've had, I think throughout your entrepreneurship career and especially as it relates to finances is there's a lot of stuff that I could see coming a mile away. And for you, you just don't operate that way. So obviously there was a lot of sometimes frustration and there was a lack of understanding on my part that you're not designed to think that way. You're, You're meant to react and the in the moment and what's what's you know what's good for you and what what your sacral tells you and then as things evolve you figure things along the way and um, and that was i think one of the is and then to come back to my authority is my authority is obviously my spleen and you know what's healthy for me so i think one of the biggest challenges to get out of my head and my ajna and follow you know what's healthy for me and then always go back to that strategy in order to um, or authority sorry in order to um to make the best decisions. Yeah. And I think that's something that really made a difference because let's say I've told my audience this last September in 2021, I quit a full-time job 
and I literally drained my tax savings account because I just, I just had this urge to go into my business. And let me tell you <laughs> the, the, the tension and the heated conversations that happened in that time. But the thing is like, I, of course, I just remember thinking last September, like, okay, worst case scenario, I completely drained my account and then what? Right. But the thing is, my motivation is fear. And we're going to talk about your motivation in a bit, but I'm motivated by the unknown. So it's like I, I, I am naturally going to take these risks to figure things out, even if I don't know how it's going to happen, because that's how that's literally how I learned. Right. So even though I of course, I could see from your perspective that mm, if I take this risk and just go all in, the worst case scenario is not a safe and secure situation. But it's like, I, I can't explain the pull from my sacral to just follow what lights me up. And I think that, I think that this has been one of the biggest breakthroughs where let's say when Gil and I get into heated conversations, like I can kind of step back and have compassion and be like, okay, he's literally just firing off his spleen right now, because this is not a safe and secure decision. Like you would not make that decision in that situation. And I can have compassion for that and be like, this is literally how he's designed to show up. Whereas for me, it's like, okay, this is a fuck yes or a fuck no. And Guillaume can be like, okay, like that's what you need to do. And then I just get really clear on like, this is how I need you to support me. And this has been such a game changer in the last three and a half years of me being in my business. And so I just wanted to share that, like, I think like I've done tons of personal development, but I feel like human design was probably the best thing that I brought like to our relationship. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Oh yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. Like, and also if I look at what I learned from you through that is while you obviously as an entrepreneur, but I don't, I think any entrepreneurs have to have a very, uh, good appetite for taking risks and if there's one thing that I learned from you is maybe I think it's expanded my safety net so when I say is this healthy for me I think that's how you've you've pushed the boundaries and I've pushed the, bound, the boundaries of that through you and I think if there's one thing I learned from you is obviously when you take risks it's high risk high reward and I don't know anyone who is extremely successful who has never taken any risk so I think for, 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 for me, it's been a great exposure and it's, it's obviously benefiting, benefiting me and I'm learning a lot through you and I've learned a lot through you, through the way you're meant to, to do things. doesn't mean I take as much risk as, as you, but I will definitely push myself in, you know, to, in your to, own ways, in my own ways. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's nothing but, but positive. It's, it's yeah. a net positive for both of us. Uh, yeah. The fact that we, you know, we have different designs and, and uh, that we come together in order to, to take the best out of each other. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's talk more about your defined head and Ajna, because I feel that this is, I mean, we're going to kind of dive into the corporate experience that you've had with like embodying human design at your work. But I think I want to talk about the head and Ajna because Guillaume has a wide split, right? So I mentioned he's got the spleen and the root defined, and then there's like everything undefined or opened all the way up to the head and Ajna. And the head and Ajna are unconsciously defined as well. So this has really been something. One thing I will say that I love is that when you look at the contrast of defined versus undefined centers, what I notice is that because Guillaume has, you know, a way of processing and ideas and he's always thinking and always figuring things out and like optimizing things in his mind, my undefined head and open Ajna, I help him see things differently when it's time to see things differently. And it can take time for that to kick in. But then what Guillaume brings to me is this consistency in terms of processes or ways of thinking or, or seeing things. So it's like he brings a, a consistency to me while I will expand him. And this is literally what happens with any defined or open centers or undefined centers when they come together. So I just wanted to share that little bit, but I would love, you can either comment on that Guillaume or you, I just would love for you to share when you realize that you have a defined head and Ajna, what that did for your awareness, because I feel like this has been something that we've talked about like so much in the last like year and a half. Yeah. So I think the, first of all, being aware that it's harder for me to, let's say, change my mind or adopt a new view or a new opinion on a certain topic. And it, I'm talking generally here. The fact, just being aware of that, I think it helps me a lot, even in my own world, in the investing world, 
And uh, obviously now it's helping a lot when let's say we debate about something and trying to understand your point of view a lot quicker instead of trying to, instead of being stuck in, in my own way and trying to project you know, my way on you. And that's something that obviously I'm still working on, but now I'm very aware of that. And especially in my work environment, I'm very aware of that to not project necessarily what I think is best, uh, but being aware that, you know, there's different opinions, there's different ways of doing things. And as far as uh, investing, I think one of the, <laughs> the challenges that I've had is I wasn't able to change my, my opinion fast enough. And I was losing money because of that. And now I'm able to react and I'm able to change my opinion on the dime because, well, because of obviously my strategy evolved, but like, because of also I'm, I'm aware, I'm more aware that, you know, my tendency is to get stuck into the old paradigm. And, uh, and that's been, that's been really bad, beneficial. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And it's like, I think that this has been really powerful and it's really helped me with, with patience obviously like when I've helped you I'm like even just you know just to give more specific examples like let's say last year and I've talked about COVID and the vaccine and stuff on my channel before but last year I was just being really open-minded about like I'm pro-choice this is why and there was so much fear and there was so much evidence I think that's the thing with the defined Ajna that it wants evidence like give me the freaking evidence right and I was like yeah I'm pro-choice and if people don't want to get vaccinated I think it's going to be fine and if they want to get vaccinated I think it's going to be fine like I'm just completely open-minded and this was something that we did not see eye to eye because I didn't have any evidence it was literally a gut response I was like I really think there's not enough information out there and I just have my own opinions and we kind of we totally butt heads over this so I'm curious, can you, can you actually just, this is such a specific example. Can you just kind of share about how you, how, and maybe why you sort of shifted your perspective on being like, everyone should be vaccinated versus like being more pro-choice? Yeah, I think, it, well, I can remember exactly. I do remember at first how I could not believe that you wouldn't get the vaccine. Like for me, obviously the source of, I think it came down to the source of information that we were listening to. So we had different channels of information and that, that shaped our views of the conflict or of the situation, which was the vaccine. And then I, ju I just remember, I could not see anything else, but my own views. And there was only one way forward and it was the vaccine and everyone was the, the news media. They were projecting that and every health professionals. And I do have a lot of respect for the, you know, the healthcare professionals and, you know, the, the, the people who are seen to have expertise in the field. So I obviously was listening to them. And I think it was through time and then through uh, cases that came out. And obviously we were still in lockdown and everyone was vaccinated. So obviously this thing wasn't, you know, wasn't, I don't think the policies were working as well as they thought. And, and then this is how I really realized that, hey, you know what? Uh, and, uh, you know, it's up to you to make your own choice. And then all the complications that came out that came out from that. And what I realized is obviously like, and you were saying that from the beginning and I couldn't understand it, is that you can't have something that is applied uniformly. It doesn't work in society. There was always people who are gonna become the minority and they're gonna be forced to do things that doesn't work for them for health reasons or, or even choice. Doesn't matter what the reason is. And I could not wrap my head around it, but as the conflict and the COVID uh, continued and then we went in the lockdown for what, a third time at Christmas and that was really the the end of it, and I I was like, no one should ever push anything on 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 anyone, and it should definitely be you know your own choice. Uh, and yeah, it took me a while to get have, wrap my head around, and that's why your patience has been so key throughout our relationship because it takes me time to change my my mind and to be able to accept other facts and other opinions, and then slowly be able to. Uh, contemplate that yeah there's you know there's other ways to do things yeah and I think just to kind of share because this has probably been I would say the biggest area of like conditioning for you and I like the biggest area of opportunity where I'm just so open like completely open throw completely open Aja and like literally one gate 61 hanging out in the head and there was actually a time when we were in Alaska and I thought this was so interesting because again, this was another example of where I was able to embody patience and just be open-minded when we had gone into like a conflict conversation and I like, we were just not hearing each other. And I remember Guillaume left to go to the gym and he came back a while later. And then all of a sudden he just articulated himself so well. And I just looked at him and I was like, why didn't you say that? 
three hours ago and he made this little smart ass comment was like because i have a defined head in and my throat is undefined and i was just like oh my god because i realized because of my open throat we have a triple split in our connection chart so there's 61 reaching for the ajna but there's nothing closing that and so there's a lot of times like when we have these conflicting situations of like a head and ajna like a belief or something like that or pressure to find answers we have to take time apart and like literally go into a different environment pick up that energy come back reconvene and have a conversation and then that's when the perspective shifts so i feel that i have way more patience because that's kind of a solution and a tool of when we are not agreeing that literally we need to like leave and go pick up the energy somewhere else because we're not able to complete that circuitry together. Right. But obviously it doesn't have to be disempowering. Like it just can be a conversation and a place of contemplation instead. So I just wanted to share that little piece because I feel like obviously, you know, I think that that's a great thing to know. If you feel like you're not, you're not syncing up with your partner and it's like, what the fuck? Like, look at your chart, see where there's the missing connection and seek that because that can bring more fluidity to the conversations and like resolving issues and whatnot. So did you want to comment on that at all again before I, we dive into the next thing that we're going to talk about? No, I, that's, that I agree with all of the above that uh, it's very important to obviously have space if someone can communicate like I couldn't communicate my ideas properly so I needed some time and time to reflect come back and then communicate them and uh, I think that when we do that quicker I think it just helps us communicate better but also solve problems a lot faster totally so let's talk about the next thing like you having a defined route to spleen and I would love for you to just talk about your experience because this is something that I see like so much with Guillaume. He's got the 2838 channel and then the 18 and 58. So it's like the channel of struggle and like knowing what to fight for and like this ambition and this drive, like pushing into the splenic center, which is all about like what's healthy for me, physical awareness, intuition, all of that. So I would love for you to share your experience of having a defined route because mine's undefined. So this is like an interesting situation again, where I amplify that energy for Guillaume. Yeah. It's funny because when I learned, you know, what the route was and as a pressure center, but also, uh, you know, all the, yeah, all the pressure that came out from that center. Uh, sometimes I will like do things and I will feel like effortless. Like I will, I, I feel I can continue forever. It's like when I get zoned into something, it's, I feel the pressure. I'm like, okay, I have to finish this. Like, and I'm going to keep keep at it, keep at it until it's done. And sometimes now that I have human design, I even say to myself, like, oh, my God, I'm so happy I have my route defined. <laughs> like, because I can keep going. For, I'm so happy because it just allowed me to, like, keep going. When I'm in the zone, it's just it's just so powerful. And, and then that allows me to, like, obviously get get a lot done, you know, when when I'm when I'm dialed in. And obviously, because it's connected to my spleen, like, for me, like, working out meal prepping, you know, doing sports, being active, taking care of my health, taking care of my body. Like this is, this is easy for me. It's, it's like a, it's a second nature. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I can tell that I pick up this energy from Guillaume where it can come in a, in a place of out of alignment where it's like his pressure of like hitting certain goals. And then I'm like, I need to do it in that time frame, And then I amplify that and becomes really stressful for me. So I've really learned to set those energetic boundaries of like, I'm doing this in my own time this is my plan. Like no one pressure me. Cause it just, when you have it undefined, you pick up that energy from the environment. Right. So let's dive into this a little bit more in terms of, I want you to share what it's like for you to experience my sacral and defined G center, because that's definitely something that I feel like has made obviously a huge impact in our relationship and like how we operate together. But maybe if you want to talk about the G center first and what it's like for you having it undefined, and then we'll just kind of go from there. The biggest thing was the um, questioning my identity. Of course, all growing up, if I knew, if I had new human design, or if I had human design as a teenager, I think I would have uh, understood myself a bit better and understood that it's okay to not have a really strong sense of identity constantly and if I noticed if I compare that to myself to someone who has a defined g-center is like my identity is going to change all the time and it changes throughout the year it's even changed it changes today like you know if I look back at the last six months I was doing bodybuilding and yoga and then 
now it's been two weeks and I'm doing swimming, CrossFit, and, you know, I'm back to weightlifting. So it's, it always changes. And then there's going to be hockey and snowboarding. And then there's going to be, you know, traveling to different countries and I'm going to pick up the identity of, you know, that city. And there's always changes as it relates to the, and I think this allows us to, or people who have undefined G centers to live quite intensively because you're able to be like a chameleon, like everywhere you get to a new situation or a new environment, it's like you get soaked into it or you get absorbed by it. And then you can really live that experience to the fullest. And then after that, you come back to, you know, your home or your, your, um, your environment. And then now you can kind of find your identity again if you want to say that but it's funny how you can actually change identity you know quite often versus someone who maybe have a, a defined g-setter who's going to have a lot more consistency and like who they are and what they do and a classic example is you've played rugby for what 20 years now and you've never changed from that i mean you've played contact full contact rugby and then you know touch rugby but it's always been your thing and if i look at my uh, relationship with the order of sports that I've done is I was all over the place from the age of three to now at 31. So it's quite interesting how people with undefined G center, they'll, they'll do so much, I feel. And every time they'll be associated so deeply with what they're doing at the moment. And then after that, they're going to have the next thing. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And that's something too, that I've always like, you might always joke about the undefined G center, like he went, he went on a work trip. They went to North Carolina and then he like, he like jumped down on a plane to go to Miami for a couple of days and he gets to Miami and literally two weeks before he left, I like sat him down and was like, listen, I know you're going to Miami, but I'm just going to say it. We're not moving to Miami because literally every time we go anywhere, Guillaume can like, Guillaume was like so fucking in it that it's like, what if we move here? What if we do this? What if we do that? And I'm just like, define G's like, nope. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going. And so it's just like such an ongoing joke. Or like the other night we're watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. And we're like 15 minutes into the movie. And all of a sudden Guillaume goes, should I shave my head? And I was just sitting there and I was like, oh my God, like, is this really happening? And I didn't say anything. And then literally 30 minutes later, he goes, should I wear a tie? And I was like, hello, undefined G-Center. Like, it's just such an ongoing thing. And I think it's the way that we talk about it is so positive because I'm telling you, so many people are disempowered about having an undefined G-Center. And so I really love that you emphasize that you just get the privilege of experiencing people, experiencing identities, experiencing environments like so intensely. Like you just get to live a richer life it's like brighter you know what I mean like it's more colorful and it's more surprising so I think that I love the way that you shared about that and I think that I really hope that that inspires people who have an undefined G center because you know no one should feel disempowered about their design so is there anything else you yeah. wanted to add to that well that I'm actually very grateful that you do have a defined G center because I think I'm I'm picking that from you and that's bringing a lot of stability more stability than ever so that I've had that I've experienced in my life as far as who I am or what I'm doing or like how I really define my identity I think I think your stability and your consistency it's definitely impacting you know myself even though I can still change from one thing to another I still feel very grounded or actually the most grounded that I've ever felt in my in my life there's no doubt about that yeah. yeah. And I think one of the things too, is like when you're in alignment, like me being in alignment with knowing who I am, like where I'm going in my business and just knowing what I want and what I identify with, like Guillaume amplifies that. And it's like, I feel like you hold me accountable in a way where it just allows me to be more consistent. And then that just obviously impacts him. So it's like this cyclical experience of like him amplifying my energy and I'm in alignment and then it just serves both of us. So that's definitely something that, that I notice as well. So one of the other things that Guillaume and I wanted to talk about today was his experience of embodying human design in his corporate experience, because this has been so powerful, especially coming back from the pandemic, going in person, we just moved to back to Victoria in March of 2022. And that's when he started, you know, working at a firm and I was like helping him embody his human design. And then we, you know, we learned the human design of one of his managers and it was like, it was so cool to see him bring this to life in that environment because I feel like human design is so prevalent in the coaching industry and it's so prevalent online, but to see it in person was so 
so powerful to witness. So I'm curious if you can talk about your experience of having human design as a tool in your environment and like what you notice. And then I think we can start talking a bit about your three line as a six, three energy as well. Yeah. So the, I think the most important change that I've made through work is uh, again, using my three line and my trial and error and trying to make my my routine work best for me and if to give you a practical example is I was meant to work or actually I was asked to work from 8 30 to 5 very strict you know this is the policy this is the work policy and I'm sure a lot of people in the corporate world are like that and for me it wasn't really working that well I, I thought it lacked in a sense and you know in that and I, it lacked I, it lacked um flexibility and doing things that I wanted to do. So what I did is I started experimenting with it. So what this means is I started showing up at eight instead of 8.30 or 7.45 to eight. And then after that, during my lunch break, I started going to work out. So I swim or I lift weights. So I'm usually gone, you know, an hour, an hour and a half sometimes. And then after that, I started leaving, you know, just after 4.30, 4.45 and so on. So I've started experimenting. No one asked me to do or told me that I, could, I was able to do it I just slowly started doing them and it's totally fine the point is no one's going to come to you especially in the corporate world they're not going to come to you and tell you hey you're allowed to go and do this so sometimes if you if you're here by nature trial and error and you feel that you're in an environment that is not allowing you to do much or to experience much sometimes you will have to push the boundaries and try to test it until someone comes to you and maybe say like hey you know what this is this is not possible here but until you reach that limit or you reach that feedback then you have to try it's your duty to to try it and now obviously i'm super happy with my routine and uh, you know i get to, to work out a couple times a day and i still get all my work done and there's a lot more flexibility and fluidity into it which makes me super happy so I'm super happy that, you know, I was able to kind of follow my design and apply it to a work that is quite rigid or a structure or work structure that is extremely rigid. And uh, it worked out pretty well. Yeah. And I think one of the things too, that I thought was interesting that I don't think people make may contemplate is that you're a six, three, which is like role model and trial and error. Right. And so Guillaume was coming home and he was, he was bitter and I, it, it wasn't about, it wasn't necessarily about recognition, but I was like listening to him share about how rigid his schedule was. And he's a quad, right? So all of his arrows point right. And there needs to be some fluidity there. And so I was like, okay, well, why don't, you're a three line. Like you need to experiment. Like you're not experimenting. You're not testing the boundaries. You're not doing trial and error. And he was like, oh my God. And then, like he said, he went, started, you know, going to work out at lunch, trying different classes, doing different things. And then all of a sudden he was just in alignment because he was embodying his profile. So I feel like that's something else that people can consider is that, yeah, following your strategy and authority is great. You need to do that. If you know, I mean, you, you're meant to do that, but also like, are you embodying your profile? Cause that can be another, that can be another tool if you're feeling out of alignment that you may not be honoring that so I think that that was really cool when you discover that and it was so it was so cool to see you know you started gaining momentum and finding a rhythm that worked really well for you while you were at work which I really loved for you the next thing I want to talk about is we discovered that Guillaume's manager is a 2-5 manifesting generator and he has all nine centers defined and so obviously we talked about Guillaume being a wide split and so it's really cool when I found this out, I could literally sit Guillaume down and be like, okay, this is what you can expect energetically. Like you're probably going to feel, you know, really intense energy because he's just, he's got all this definition and there's a lot of energy there that he's just here to share with the world. And he's going to be very pivoting and dynamic and really going to be somebody who's here to share his wisdom as a two line. But then the five line is like, you know, coming forth with solutions. Right. And so can you just share a little bit more like how, even your manager may have not known. I mean, he didn't really know his human design at all, but you knew and what difference that made for you in terms of, you know, supporting your environment and being able to shift and adapt as a projector. Most important part was to understand uh, and to not make it personal when he was behaving a certain way or he was doing, and I'll give you an example. Like let's say he's asking me to, to read certain books or he's asking me to do certain tasks but then I'm going to do them and he's already moved on to something else. Like it doesn't matter anymore. And then 
for me, like to not take it personal that, oh, you know, maybe he doesn't care about this or that. Like it's, it's just how he's designed to do. He's always flipping from one thing to the next. So being aware of that and not making it personal, it doesn't take anything away from the work I've done or, uh, or what I've accomplished. So to, to do that was very important because I would just mentally, it would be very challenging to resonate and to make sense of like what's happening if I didn't understand that, that that's how he's designed to be. So instead of judging him for that or having uh, or being in my head about over analyzing the situation, I'm just, I'm just moving on as quickly as he does. Really, that I think that what's that that what comes down to. Yeah, um, and I think the other things too is just understanding like an emotional authority. Like when you bring something up, when you give him something to respond to, like he's going to need time, and then not taking that personally. So there was just like so many things that I think really helped with you being able to to set those energetic boundaries, so you don't like absorb everything and feel like you're not being recognized. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, it's been uh, it's definitely been interesting to. I uh, work for someone who has so many centers defined, but uh, yeah. Lots to learn there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can we talk about how you, and I think this is so good, like all the projectors are going to appreciate hearing this so much. Can you talk about what it means to create invitations and how you've navigated recognition in the corporate world? Because you have shared some really amazing things with me lately. And I think that some projectors think they just have to literally wait for the invitation, but you've started asking for the invitation. So I would love if you can talk a little bit more about that. Yes, I would I would say that that was one of my most important weakness in the past is not necessarily asking for what I want. And also uh, being exactly, I think it's a lot of people are like that is being afraid to ask for what you want, either because I didn't want to be rejected or I didn't want to hear no, you know, whatever the reason was. But learning how to um, create an invitation was also very useful because I'm not meant to, let's say, initiate something. I'm meant to be invited, but that can be twisted in many ways. What I was able, I think, to apply really well this year, better than any time in my life, was that I was able to create those invitations. So what I did, especially in my work and with certain people at work, is I was setting up the stage for having a conversation about a specific topic, whether it was reviewing my role or my job description or my benefits and compensation or the my career path. Like I was setting up, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to initiate necessarily, but I wasn't, I was setting up a stage where I was invited to share my uh, opinion or perspective on, on that. And then that was way more re well received than if I was just uh, coming out of the blue or just projecting like oh this is this is what I would like to do or without really um, setting up a, a platform or really setting up carving out some time aside just dedicated to that so I think that was really key for someone like uh, who like myself who would need to be invited to do that but sometimes you can actually be proactive and create those invitations. It doesn't need that you have to sit back and wait for someone to invite you to do that because in reality, it's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of the things you talked about too, is that when you really started to embody this aspect as, as a projector, like being a lighthouse, you know, you shared a couple of times, you're like, I'm just going to go and do my thing. And then how you just, I remember there was, you know, fairly recently, a couple of weeks ago, you're like, I've literally just magnetized people inviting me to go and do things. And I'm just sitting here doing my own thing. And so I know you're kind of smiling right now. So I'd love if you can just elaborate a bit on that because there's some patience there that had to be embodied and invitations also came. It's not like you have to initiate to create an invitation all the time. So I'd love for you if you can share a bit about that. Yes, no, and uh, to just build up on that, it's uh, we're going through a lot of transition right now at work. So I was invited to, sh and I've shared a ton of stuff and I've shared everything under the sun as far as my opinions or how things could go and what how I see things developing now but also in the future and now I just feel that I, exactly like I need to go back to that lighthouse and that specific example was like I was trying to initiate too much and then I, when I, I started journaling in the morning and what I was writing is like okay be a lighthouse today every morning I was writing that and then suddenly when I stopped initiating anything everyone started inviting me to do things which I thought was hilarious so now 
as because we were in a transition where everyone was invited to share, but now we just ended that like literally today. Now I'm going back to like being that lighthouse. And then obviously I'm going on vacation next week, but I'm actually curious, you know, in the fall to see how things will evolve because just by being a lighthouse and, you know, doing my thing, uh, that's how actually people are leveraging my skills or seeking my help, which is, which is funny. So me trying to do less is actually allowing me to end up doing a lot more and being more impactful and ultimately doing what I wanted to do in the first place. But sometimes when I try to project what I want to do, it's not really well received. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so satisfied hearing that. Actually, this ties in really beautifully to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is you really embodying leadership. Like you have, so Guillaume has gate one in his undefined G center. And you know, that is one of the gates that's really about leadership. And I would love if you could just talk a bit more about this, how your leadership, you being a lighthouse, especially following that splenic authority and doing things that really value your health, like how that's made an impact in your environment, because ultimately, which I love, Guillaume embodying his design has created a better environment for him to thrive in that also impacts other people. So I think this is like such a beautiful thing to dive into right now. Yes, I think in the office, obviously, I show up every day with my, you know, three to four meals and my snacks. And I now I work out on my lunch break. I used to do yoga before work. And then I usually now I do CrossFit after work. But I was obviously very active and I tried to preach, you know, that quite healthy lifestyle. And uh, obviously, a lot of people used to be healthy as well and are still healthy. But sometimes, you know, when you get kids or you get busy, uh, some people like I feel we're not exercising, uh, you know, as much. And then now that I was, I'm going on the lunch break, a lot of people in the office, they started swimming again. They started uh, attending classes and they're a lot more active in their lunch break. And I love that. You know, I really wish without necessarily pushing it and everyone pushing on everyone around me I'm so happy when I see my colleagues you know either at the pool or at the gym during my lunch break because I think everyone should take you know at least you know 45 minutes to an hour to get away from the desk and go exercise you know change their their mindset or refresh their their mind midday and then go back to the office I think everyone would be more productive and uh, and happier as well so that they can go at home and at night and then spend time with their kids and so on so it's been really good to see the culture change especially on my floor and seeing people caring I would say or taking time or carving time out out of their day to take care of their health I think one thing I love is that this is just you it's not even like you initiated this change what happened was that it was just your route to spleen that pressure of like what's healthy for me what's what's healthy for me you listening to your authority and you showing up like a lighthouse impacted other people. So I think this is a great evidence that you don't always have to be invited as a projector to make an impact like you can literally embody your design and and make an impact and invitations will magnetize and come from that so that's something that I was like listening to you and I was like really noticing that so I just wanted to acknowledge and emphasize that so the the last thing I wanted to dive into today is I think it was actually fairly recently I realized that Guillaume's motivation is innocence and this has been a pretty big game changer because I've definitely noticed you know when he gets into that not self theme of like being very specific or being in that desire energy, which is a transferred motivation, being innocent, having things be playful has made such a difference in terms of, you know, your work and your investing and like being active and being in sports. And so I would love if you can just share a little bit more about this innocence motivation and how you've been playing with this, because I think that it it's just good for people to have examples of, of how you can leverage your motivation in human design. Yeah. So that's been very uh, interesting to notice that and to witness the the fact that I was actually the happiest when there's this innocence into it and there's a fun aspect in doing things uh, let's say talking about working out right now it's there's no competition there's no goals I'm just literally just doing the crossfit classes I'm swimming or weightlifting during the during my lunchtime and it's been a blast. It's been, uh, it almost feels like effortless. It's a perfect amount of volume for my body and my, my day and, and what I can handle right now. And it's just been super fun. There's no pressure. There's no, no one to impress. There's no, I'm just doing it for myself and to be healthy. And that innocence is, is really, uh, is really fun. It makes me really happy. 
Uh, that in a sense is also applied at work. Like there's a lot of stuff that I can experiment with. So I'm working on some projects where I get to toy around with ideas and I get to trial and errors and, and also just have, have fun doing them. So that's been really, really cool and really interesting. And then obviously on the investing part or the trading side of things, I've been uh, trying to bring more innocence into that and being more fluid and being more uh, uh, like not not uh, being less serious in some ways. Uh, when it was getting too too serious, I feel that's where I was lacking the the enjoyment. I wasn't enjoying it as much. And you're not supposed to necessarily love, but you love trading or investing. But it is all it is a passion, and it has to stay as a passion and as as a very strong interest. And when it gets too uh, serious, although investing is is it's quite as serious as a field. Uh, I still need to approach it with some some innocence and some fun, even though uh, it's uh, it's something that obviously has a huge impact, like financially on on portfolios and stuff. So it's been just interesting how someone else would attack the field differently, just be because they're designed differently. But for me, if I try to do it their way, it's it, it's not gonna really work out, or I'm gonna maybe burn out, or I'm not, I'm gonna lose the fun of doing it which is why I chose that field in the first place is because I actually do really enjoy it. I enjoy the, the, the mental challenge and the research and uh, obviously the psychology and maths and economics and politics and everything around that field. So, Yeah. And I think this has been really great, even just for me to understand too, because like when I can see that Guillaume's getting really serious then it's like, okay, how can you bring like a playfulness to this, you know? And I think that that helps. It even helps like when we're having legitimate, serious conversations about like our goals and our plans in life. And it's like, you know, focusing on how can we be innocent? And then for me, my motivation is fear. So I'm motivated by the unknown. So that's like when I can be really productive is like when I don't know what's going to happen, then that motivates me to figure things out. But my transferred motivation is need. So when we're in this serious energy of like, you know, Kayla, you need to do this. And I'm like, okay, can we just like switch this into like innocence and just let me play in the unknown? So it's really cool how I've personally been discovering how to leverage that. And it's been super interesting to play with that together. So I love that you shared that, especially with you being in an industry like finance and money and investing, like these are all air quotes, like serious things. But then you're coming from, from a place of being so playful. And I think that that's just really going to get permission to people to see it differently, which I think is really cool. I'm so grateful that you came on today and we dove into your human design and we talked about all the things. And I, I just want to thank you. I'm so excited that we did this episode together. I think it's so cool that I finally get to pull one out with the two of us and just talking about one of the things that like lights me up the most, which is obviously human design. And honestly, Guillaume, I'm so grateful because a lot of people don't have partners that are interested in human design and we just had a full on conversation. And so I just love that you're here, you're embodying this work and you're showing up. So I, I want to thank you for coming on today. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. And before I wrap things up, I always ask people that I interview this question, what is a piece of wisdom or advice that you want to share with the listeners today that just intuitively hits you? Yes, I think the one of the advice I would give to anyone is to obviously seek their human design and understand at least at a basic level, um, you know, their human design, not only for themselves, but maybe the people around them, their family, their, their boss, their coworkers. Uh, I think uh, if I look back just at my own experience as a teenager, if I had, would have had human design, I think it, it would have, my teenage years would have been a lot easier. I think there's a lot of, uh, decisions or ways of thinking that I've developed while at being a teenager that could have been transformed or could have been um, analyzed in a different way because I would have had a better awareness of who I am and why I'm being that way or why I'm thinking that way and then fast forward to today I don't think I would have still been that job if I didn't have human design because of such a different uh, personalities that you know, I, I report to in the office and human design really helped me to better understand, again, where they're coming from and how they're designed to operate and how, um, how again, I'm designed to operate and how, how do you mix that together? Because there's no right or wrong. It's just, it's just about understanding the point of views of others and then coming together and making it work. So 
whether it's your at work and your family, your kids, or you know anyone around you, if you're looking to improve your relationship, I think human design is definitely going to help. It's going to be a great starting point. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you again for coming on. And I want to thank all the listeners for listening as well. I hope that so far with you listening to the Alignment Alchemy series that you've learned a lot about my own journey and just how human design has really come into the picture for me and like completely transformed my life, including my relationship with Guillaume, which I think is super special. So if you're listening to this episode, just so you know, there's three episodes before this that really talk about my journey that you can tune into. And then there's a couple more episodes coming out over the next few days. Or if it's past September, then obviously they're all out. So you can just enjoy them. Make sure you check in the show notes. I have a downloadable PDF that gives you prompts to kind of go through as you listen to this series. So that'll be super helpful. And then of course, you can get on the wait list for my Alignment Alchemy Mastermind that's starting this September. And the doors for that will open on the 12th until the 16th of September. So I'm really excited about that and you can check out more information in the links in the show notes so i just want to thank you for listening and for allowing me to share my story i'm so grateful for you and of course make sure that you subscribe and if you can take a moment to leave a review if you share this on instagram or social media tag me i love to interact with my people and to hear what you got out of listening and yeah i'm so thankful for you and i will chat with you in the next episode